Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're watching After, after <laughs> right out of the gate. You're watching After Buzz TV's Legends of Tomorrow After Show. We're recapping episode what, nine, season one here. Uh, Left behind. We're gonna find out about going native. Rory's identity revealed. There are uh, Cronus's identity revealed, and uh, freezing limbs. How good are they to do? So uh, stay tuned, everybody. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion. After Buzz TV, and now let the buzz. Begin. So yes, there's times when you want your own personal wave rider to go back in time to go do a cold open the way it's supposed to be. Done. So we're going to be talking about how good freezing limbs are to do. Yep, that how was do. that was proper English, everybody. That was it. Yep, I got to go back and save myself from that terrible cold open. Look at that, everybody. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV's Legends of Tomorrow After Show. We'll be recapping season one, episode nine, Left Behind. How about that? I got it right. A little bit later, but it was all right. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Frank Brand. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, Happy Go Jackie is that handle. Uh, I've got the rest of the panel right here. Up to my immediate left, we have Lex Michael. That's me. I am Lex Michael. All of our social media at the Lex Michael. And it's always great to work in a little bit of Cindy Lauper whenever possible. Next up, we have the, the adorable Dave Child. Hi, I'm adorable. This song was my choice. Yes. <laughs> you can find me at Mr. Dave Child on Twitter and Instagram. And this is because Cronus kept finding them time after time. Aww. And we found out it was because of love. That's right. And <laughs> rounding up the panel, we've got Katie Cullen. Hi, I recommended Burn from Hamilton because, oh my God, so many just, we're burning it, it's going to burn, fire, dear God, we get it. What, the narrative? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, they definitely burned the narrative on this one. You can follow me on Twitter at Kiaxet. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I've also got the live chat open in front of me. So, hi, guys. Yeah, chat at us. Yeah, so we're we're kicking off episode nine. We're heading into the back half of season one of Legends of Tomorrow. So, heading back into this back half, uh, we've had been away for, you know, three weeks or so? About two years. About two years. years Stuck in the 50s. Two and a half years. So, uh, with the time away, getting ready to gear up towards our final push towards the season finale, were you guys, uh, what would you guys want out of this episode? Kind of, uh, what were your hopes for? Oh, our hopes and dreams. I wanted them to stick the landing. Yeah. And they really didn't. Right. I, I, oh, man. I usually really like this show. I usually just have a ton of fun sitting back and watching this, and it's usually fairly solidly written. This episode was fan fiction tropes from an inexperienced writer. I've read enough stories like this to go, and then that, and then that, and then that. Okay, this this is someone's first or second or third story, and they don't quite know the ropes yet. And I'm sad that that's what comes across to me in what is very much a professional production right after an episode that I thoroughly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I, I wanted to find out more about Kronos, and then I did. And <laughs> it was it, it was a little disappointing to find out. And, uh, you know, to get Rory back is fun, but uh, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the, like, cool Kronos kind of reveal that I was hoping it was going to be. 
or and uh, eh, you know that's what I got from this episode. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I thought to me the biggest thing was this episode felt very weird and not uh-huh. not Oliver Queen is full of bees weird, which is like the fun, <laughs> exciting, absurd weird. That was theater of the absurd. I love that. That's going to yeah. be the new jump. The, the new shark. Stand- full Oliver of bees. Queen full yeah, of Oliver bees. Queen is full of bees. It's not that type of weird. It's the type of weird where almost every piece feels just out of step with right. what I think the intention was. Uh, and not all in but, the same way. But at the same time, I would have to say each little piece, even though they don't quite fit together, they're all good ideas. Sure. I felt like maybe separate they were good ideas. Like, I, I love the idea that they're stranded for two years. Yeah. Like, in just this one space and they build a life outside of, you know, what the actual story is going to be. That was great. No, the I problem like, is, yeah. we saw S.H.I.E.L.D. do that earlier in the season, where they had a wow. character That's who was true. stranded somewhere for two years, and we had an episode just focusing on what happened to her those two years. Admittedly, yes. she was stranded on an alien planet, so we had a little more to go on there, but we had that full episode, and the way they played it out was like a horror movie, and this is like... Two years. Yeah. Well, and it I get like that it's not the same situation, but we're missing a lot of the emotional impact and a lot of the setup that we could have had. Uh-huh. You keep opening your mouth. Do the thing. Oh, no, it's like I totally, I totally agree with you, and I know the episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. that you're talking about, but I'm thinking, like, while I agree that, yeah, I think I would have liked to have gotten more of a sense of their life together to really establish that emotional center I don't think I would have really liked spending a whole episode watching the two of them live in the 50s as husband and wife. Well, no, but five minutes was like, okay, never mind. Yeah, but what if they did this? What if they had no uh, relationship building before this? What if this was the only time we see them together and it's only after they spent two years together? That would be kind of cool because then it would be, oh, they had something happen outside of this. I never thought of them getting together but it happened because they were stranded in one place for two years. Yes. And then you see little glimpses of their life, and it looks interesting. It looks like they got to enjoy a life outside of superhero dumb. And which that, been nice. yeah, and that to me, I think would have felt so much more organic and natural than right. the way they first introduced the idea of these two as a couple, which to me felt very, very contrived. Yeah, and it was yeah. also like two guys kind of fighting over a girl. Yeah, and that was yeah. kind of. Kind of yeah, rough. so I guess if we look at this episode, it's almost like three. We've got this, uh, this potential relationship that we could have seen just you know with Kendra and Ray hanging out in the 50s. We mm-hmm. could have seen a really cool exploration of the League of Assassins there with Sarah. Uh, kind of going a lot of uh, backstory about the League of Assassins. Or we could have had Rory's uh, journey from being just uh, uh, McRory to all of a sudden turning into Kronos. Yeah. It, you know, how I that whole journey would have gone through that. I would have seen that. Oh, my God, that would have been amazing. Yeah. But now it's just, I talk like Captain Barbosa. <laughs> he definitely, yeah, yeah his God. method of speaking... Oh. He's got a Jeffrey Rush now, and I I can't unhear it. Yeah, and I didn't notice it at first, because at first it sounded like he was still doing the same. He is, but now we've got emphasis on different syllables. Once you pointed that out, I couldn't not hear it either. And it's it's slightly jarring to me. But then also, too, in the same episode, Sarah's hanging out with the League of Assassins for two years, and she comes back, and now it seems like she's got to shake her accent a little bit as well. See, but that I'll buy. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> well, but, well, I can't so, even explain my own internal logic. No, you know what? I'll buy it because we don't... Nanda Parbat is not a real place, but we've seen that everybody there does speak with a specific dialect. As far as the mm-hmm. Time Masters go, like, the most prominent Time Master that we've met so far is Martin Donovan, 
who talks like Martin Donovan. Yeah. So I don't know who Drews. Who he Drews. I don't know who Heatwave I'm such a small <laughs> minor just, just. Uh, excuse me, folks. Like Drews. Like do you think right. do you think if all the Time Lords, Time Lords, if all the Time Masters the time sound, easy slip up to sound, do. whoops, sound like Martin Donovan or like regular, like Americans, essentially, do you think that Heatwave was actually hanging around people who talked that way and it rubbed off on him? Or do you think he went, this armor's cool, I'm going to do a voice? Right. Oh my God, no, he's not Batman. <laughs> Where are the drugs? <laughs> I honestly the think... people talk in the future. Well, and if you Everyone can... has throat cancer in the future. Quit smoking. But if you hang out with someone who has an accent for long enough, or if you're in a country where they all have accents, or if you learn a foreign right. language, you're usually taught the accent with the language. I thought he talked like this beforehand. I don't hear it, guys. I, I gotta say. I didn't I'm glad you I don't, said. because I can't un-Barbosa it. I just, I can't. It, it's Captain Barbosa. I feel like he's always been talking like this, and always has, like, a weird way of talking. He's the exact opposite of Snart, who just talks like uh, Catwoman the entire time. I love him for it. That's definitely what he's going for. Like Eartha Kitt? Yeah, he's definitely going for Eartha Kitt. Don't care, still beautiful. Yeah, if I I ever get to ask him a question, it's like, you are doing an homage to Eartha Kitt on purpose, right? Because I think that's exactly what he's doing. And then, so to, you know, the opposite of that is Heat Wave, who's like the... Doing Christian Bale Batman, or Tom Waits, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as we're talking about this episode, <laughs> we're talking about good old uh, Mick Roy there being Cronus, but we start the episode kind of picking up where we left off, where our uh, Cronus attacks the Wave Rider, takes it over, yeah. and uh, launches it off into back into temporal orbit, so to speak, there, uh-huh. uh, absconding away with oh. uh, Stein, Rip, Jax, and uh, Snart. And we get, again, we get to replay the scene where Stein and Jax. Say we oh cannot we cannot combine. We cannot combine. My, it's too dangerous. And yet they do part. it later and, they, no, and but, it's not a big deal. And it's not yeah. later. It's almost immediately. Almost yeah. Like immediately. we we can't do it, we'll destroy the ship. But we gotta do it because we're doing it anyway. And then okay. what do they do with this awesome nuclear power? They blast through a door and then that's it. And then, yes. then they and then that's separate. It. For right. one, okay, they were scared of I'm getting this is my favorite part of the show, I think, actually. Because they were afraid of blowing up the ship, so the first thing they do is Almost blow up the ship by blasting something, and then and then immediately they realized it was all for naught, and then that they should just separate. It's it it made no sense. It was a weird. The entire time, this uh, what happens in this show is I keep wanting them to bust out the superpowers, so they finally bust out the superpowers, and nothing kind of happens. But on the flip side of that, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, and I, I imagine we'll just jump around. Yeah, yeah. But the. One of the best parts of the show was actually the the little fight at the end. The little fight in uh, fighting all the yeah. yeah, where you got to see everyone be superheroes. Well, and and that, every time, that's why I like. I I mean, I will keep watching this show even if we weren't doing this after show. Uh-huh. I would keep watching this show just for that. At the end of the day, I am a fairly simple creature, yeah. and all I really need to see is Firestorm flying around next to Hawkgirl. And I can justify having spent the last 40 minutes watching yeah, the show. Yeah, and the Adam shrinking real small, going to a different spot, and sh- getting real big and fighting. And that's fine. That's like everyone was doing their versions of their powers, and that's fun to see. Yeah, and we and see them. Can- if we weren't doing the after show, I would be watching it with a glass of wine. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Possibly more than wine. Right. Fair enough. So we, should, just, we should be doing that even though we're We really doing the after should. Show. Someone bring like a bottle of vodka next week, and we'll be like. <laughs> 
And that's, All right. And that's the thing. It's like this show is so full of very fun nods to the comics and, and the broader source material, not just in getting to see these guys use their powers, and most significantly, and I think that most importantly, uh, using them in conjunction with one another. Yeah. yeah. But also, I like the idea of, okay, you know, we're back in time, so we get to see Matt Nable's Ra's al Ghul again. We get to see uh, the introduction of Talia to this universe, as yeah. far as I know. Yeah. Let's, let's talk yeah. about that a little bit, because I think it's... Uh, I think it was great to see Ra's al Ghul. I'm real curious about why they brought in Talia, who's an old, much older than I expected her to be, because I guess, because uh, she looked about, what, 10? Eight or 10. Eight or 10, and it was in 1960. It's in 1960s, yeah. so she could be taking dips in the Lazarus pit. Right. But, like, you know, that, that means there's, um, I'm not good at math. Here, but I believe that means we have like a sixty-year-old, seventy-year-old Talia, give yeah. or take, walking yeah. around. But with the Lazarus, Lazarus pits, you know, I mean, she, she probably probably kept herself very youthful. We've yeah, just never seen her in this universe right. until now. And so they specifically they didn't... add her up as a player. And now they can bring her in an arrow, yes. looking ahead to season five. Well, and right. it's interesting, too, that they chose to bring her in at all, because if I remember correctly, the reason that they used Nyssa on Arrow, and Nyssa is a far less known character, but the reason mm-hmm. they use Nyssa is because once you introduce Talia, there are so many direct connections to Batman. Batman, yeah. It makes it's curious because I I thought I assumed I'm not watching Gotham so but I assume maybe they didn't bring in Talia so they can bring in like a you know baby Talia in Gotham because I just I assumed it's just Muppet Babies so I assumed <laughs> it's just Muppet Babies with all the like superheroes and, and villains and stuff so I, I assumed there was oh going to be God. like a baby Talia that comes in at some point like I being a baby ninja jumping around. But interestingly though, now. interestingly and this is yeah. tangentially related, babies. Gotham to the and I'm not currently watching it. I watched a lot of the first season, but mm-hmm. it's it's baby Bruce and baby Catwoman and all of the other villains are full grown, mm-hmm. which right. which Sounds like nonsense until I start thinking about the idea of a child Bruce Wayne in a little suit of armor fighting all of these people. And then I'm going, why aren't they doing that show? I would watch that. (laughs) So one of the other nods we get to DC is uh, where uh, Ray, uh, Kendra, and Sarah are hanging out. They're hanging out in Hub City. Vic Sage's old stomping grounds, a question. That's right. Yes, Yes. that was his city there in the uh, DC comics. So they're hanging out there, and they only get to spend, uh, I think, 10 months or so. And then Sarah says, i got to get out, guys. i got to find a place where I belong. Is that where he teaches Bill Gates' dad? That irritated me, because why do, I mean, a meet-cute with Bill Gates' dad? Why not do something (laughs) like Ted Kord or something like that? Like, you'd be talking like Ted Ted Kord's father, something more DC-related than a Bill Gates but kind of cheap joke. But it reminded me of, like, it, reminded, it sounded like he was like, hey, hey, William. Yes. This is your cousin, Marvin, <laughs> Marvin Gates. You know that new name you're looking for? Listen to this. Bill. It's Bill. Huh? Now invent a computer. I'm Marvin. <laughs> and that was... That was the thing. Is like oh it was already a weird enough choice to me, but then when Ray says, "Your son is Bill Gates," and the guy goes, "Bill, oh, it's got a nice ring to it. I've never thought about <laughs> yeah. that." As what if Bill mean? is yes. not the most common <laughs> nickname for William that exists. Yes. And I love the idea that that's the only thing keeping him back from being a genius <laughs> is that stupid name of William. <laughs> they were calling him Will Gates this entire time. <laughs> And they're like, this isn't working. He 
he's a, he's not he's not in the special classes. He's not an honor student. Damn you, Willie! Just be smart. I think Bill. at that point he was an infant. Yeah, probably. That was the so. bigger problem. So he was just taking like a, a square peg and putting it in the round hole and being like, oh, oh, oh. And they're like, Willie, you're an idiot. And then they call him Bill. And then and he suddenly moves he it over windows. to the rest. Yeah, he invents windows with his <laughs> Luckily, we don't have to spend much time there, though, because okay. they, they reboot Wave Rider. Uh, you know, uh-huh. Rip reboots Wave Rider, so they're able to come back to 60. Two years have passed, so they skip the two years. Come yeah. to 1960, pick like them up. It's like when your Windows computer shuts down and it tries to restore from the last session. Yes. Yeah. That's I, exactly I also, what it is. I also enjoy that they just keep inventing new side effects from time travel. Right. Like linguistic disorientation. That was great. It's like, you, you made that and up, then didn't subtitles. you? And Rip, I'm yes. pretty sure you made that up just now. <laughs> I do have to say, I think it was a smart move to have them, the Wave Rider, jump straight to 1960s, straight to where the beacon is going off. Yeah. Because that made it so like, okay, that... That makes sense about why they skipped those two years. They yeah. didn't like go in limbo and spend a, a week in limbo or something. Yeah, and yeah. then we you find out, out that it. during our time though that uh, Ray's uh, Ray's gone native. I mean, he really likes that life. He does not want to give it up and head back onto the Wave Rider, which, which makes sense because Ray has that like Clark Kent thing going on with him. I mean, because he just he, he you feel like he doesn't. He feels like he just wants to be the best human he could possibly be. And he just is, you know, doing the superpower thing because that's the best thing he can bring. So I feel like he could just, like, fade into a normal life if sure. he wanted to. A social chameleon. Well, because, yeah. I mean, his first concern is, like, I've got 50 papers to grade. and By students hand. By yeah. hand. <laughs> Unlike those computer grades in the future. <laughs> yes. And, like, he's not, he's not carrying the Adam suit around anymore, which I think right. is telling in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. I would still I, use I just, it every I, now and then. I want to talk about this, because this is something that bothered me the whole episode, is that we came up with a lot of, oh, well, you know, it's it's displacement, and they forget their identities if you're stuck in a different timeline for too long, and all of this. Like, we keep coming up with these concepts that if they planted the seeds three or four episodes ago, would have been great. Like, if they talked about it when we were doing stuff in the gulag, and they were stuck there for a couple right. days, like, okay, we can't stay here for too long because X, Y, Z, and Theta... And they lay it out, and even though it doesn't play well, out there, you can still drop the line and then have it come back later and go, oh, this is what happened. Remember, we talked about it. Yeah. Was, that a, was that a real down. thing, though? A real, like, side effect of time travel? Or was it just her kind of psychologically fading out of her life? Like, well, not Kendra, really too. It yeah. well, they, yeah. the I thought them, Rip, so. had a, Rip had a line yes. about how yeah. you can start oh, losing okay. connections that. to your old life, although that will clearly manifest differently from person to person depending on the needs of the right. plot at that moment. Yeah, They said that because of Rory, didn't they? I think, maybe. Yeah. But th- then that's the thing. It's like, th- this is a problem with a lot of time travel narratives where, and I'll be the first person to go, just don't think about it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's all taken care of if you don't think about it. But, with just, a, but now it's getting to the point where we're not thinking about the show. And that's the thing. is With with a time travel narrative, it's the more concepts you introduce and the more yeah. rules you introduce and the more side effects you introduce, the harder it becomes for the narrative to support the weight of all the pieces that you're introducing. And it becomes so needlessly complicated and overly convenient that suddenly nothing is important anymore. Well, and they just... they it, You have to keep it straight. As writers, as producers, as the role I can't remember who pretty much fact checks the script and makes sure that everything is on you have to keep it straight because we're at the point as fans where we have 
fan-made Wikipedias, and we can go back and we can rewatch episodes, and people write transcripts, and we right. have the information at our fingertips. You don't have to remember everything off the top of your head, but you need to make yourself a database or because you, the fans will, and we'll sit here and go, hang on, you're breaking the very hard rules that you established here, and there are no consequences. What the heck? And that is the easiest way to gut the internal logic of your show. Yeah. And once you do yeah. that, it's over. And not to say, too, like, I think <clears throat> I have to tip my hat to the ambition of this show because this is a very difficult concept to pull off. Time travel stories are tricky to begin with. Big ensemble time travel stories where you're trying to service all these different characters, different relationships, feed Mm -hmm. the audience that knows the source material, feed the audience that's just watching it because it's on the CW. To try and balance all of these pieces, and I'm sure it's also a very expensive show, all of that, it's very, very, very difficult. And it's very easy to lose sight of the bigger picture for all of the different moving parts that you have to balance. So I'm not saying they're doing a bad job with something that should be very easy. They're, I think, having varying degrees of success with something that is very, very difficult to do. Right. But I feel like for this episode, did we... Was it written by the same person who wrote the episode before it? Who looked over it? This feels like... Well, this is what I meant by varying degrees of success. Well, when you're, yes. like when you're doing a group project and you have about three, four people who know their stuff and did the research, and then you have the guy who wrote a paragraph because he skimmed an article on Wikipedia. Right. And it's the weak link in the paper, and you have to try to shore it up. And that is what this episode feels like to me. I, we should have started with Adele rolling in the deep because we could have had it all. And this just was not there. Well, I would think... I, Fair I, enough. Yeah. Fair we, enough. Uh, I also want to point out... too intense? Yeah, it was a bit too intense. Uh, oh, the, the, last, the last episode, though, was also directed by like Joe Dante, who's like, you know, a... a a film director of pretty good quality, pretty high quality, mm-hmm. and has made some classic stuff. And uh, I'm not very sure who directed this one, but it's like that's why TV is you have like different creators every single different time. So there's stuff that they could have planned out, and there's pieces that are really strong. And we mentioned this before that are really strong in this episode. Like if they had started, if they had ended the last episode. With the Rory reveal, the every where everyone is about halfway through this show, after the two year jump, where you see like you know League of Assassins, uh, White Canary, and you see Rory as Kronos, and you see like them kind of in love. You see like uh, Kendra and Ray in love, and you see that at the end of the last episode, and then this episode is all about that missing time and kind of what happened. And you see like yes. you know Captain Cold yes. without a hand, and you're like, you're, what the hell? Yeah, as you're saying this, I'm thinking to myself, when I was thinking to myself while we were watching the episode, it's that this episode is, you know, it's only 40-something minutes long. There is so much happening in this episode. Yeah. And that, too, it's a big ensemble show, and you have a lot of characters that you have to service every single week. But there was so much going on in this episode of import that it definitely felt like certain things that were meant to be a bigger deal were played a little strangely or maybe felt right. a little a little unserviced. And I do think it would have been great to not have the reveal uh, of uh, Rory as Kronos to snart happen in this episode. I love the idea of leaving that stuff out, then snart shows up at Nanda Parbat 
and they reveal Rory that way. The whole team finds right. out at once, and then yeah, you do the next episode and make the next episode about the missing time. I mean, this that would have been all, amazing. Oh my god, this is all like what is that Monday night coaching backseat yeah. or whatever? Yeah, but, of course. But Monday also, night quarterback. Monday night quarterback, football which is, thing, you know, something. armchair quarterback, sure. something. Uh, yeah, that but, thing. But one thing that sporty um, foot. That was pretty <laughs> obvious to us, and because uh, we should talk about Rory and Snart a little bit. Yeah. Well, I relation. do want to talk about that because it's one thing. It's that I feel like we all kind of agree that the, probably one of the most interesting stories out of this whole th- out of the three that we had this episode was the Rory reveal as Cronus. Yes. Because I think mean, this is a character we've been seeing pursuing our legends throughout this entire season so far mm-hmm. with very little knowledge of who he is or what his motivations are, and it's always kind of frustrating. He shows up for a moment, shoots at them, knocks them out of time, and then disappears. And so we yeah. really know this guy, and then we finally get a chance to get it, to learn about him, and it's rushed really quickly, just kind of brushed by. And so I feel like uh, hearing Rory's story about how he was rescued, we find out what happened to him and Snart. Snart didn't kill him, just rendered him unconscious. Right. And then the Time Masters found him, and we hear all this, but we don't ever see it. And I think that was, as we've been talking, that was worthy of an episode in and of itself. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And also, and also, we kind of all guessed, I don't know if the rest of the, the viewers were like us, but... As soon as they said, wait, why did Kronos just take Snart? We all went, oh. Yeah. Well, this was a theory that existed on the internet before this episode. Didn't you know I, I mean? throw this at you last night before Arrow? What did you think about the theory? Yeah, this was a theory that existed, and I said to you, I believe, pretty much what I said to myself when I read it, which was, oh, okay. Well, and one of my friends presented it to me, if, if you're watching. Hi, Heather. And she Hi, Heather. said, Hello, what, Heather. Do you, what do you think? And I'm like, no, no, Kronos is too smart. That was my bottom line, that Kronos is too smart. But this it also, is Mick we're talking because, about. because something, 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 time travel, you could argue that we don't know how long he spent with the Time Masters. Yeah, he said lifetimes, so right. it could so, be anything. And they could have made him a little smarter, yeah. maybe, and gave him that weird voice that he talked so, to. But that's, it's weird that this episode ends with them going like, we have to deprogram Rory, because I'm like, all you're gonna do is take away the smarts, because yeah. he's pretty much the same. There's Trade not too the much smarts of a difference. The smarts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what. It's not like he really liked any of you before, right? It's the not like they took Jackson like about, threw him under the bus, at least in his view. Yeah, yeah. and so it would have been great if they, if again, this is you know backseat quarterbacking, but. Um, <laughs> I assume the term is. Uh, but if they had taken, like, Ray or something, someone who we know is, like, a hero and was born to be a hero and turned him, like, super evil, that would have been, like, crazy. And they yeah. definitely have to deprogram him. I would I don't be know down he... for an evil Ray plot line. That would be the most interesting thing he's ever done. Yeah. I kind of, I still like Ray because I, I think he's, like, kind of the pure hero of the group. Mm-hmm. I don't so. dislike him. I'm just kind of tired of him. <laughs> yeah, And I, I just I think really it's am. hard to uh, buy Rory's uh, you know, to get really invested in Rory's transformation into Kronos because we only hear him just kind of just name check what happened to right. him. We don't really yeah. see it. I mean, to see him strangling rats to survive. Not eat rats to survive. Just, just strangle, strangle just rats strangling to survive. Them. If I don't <laughs> kill something, I will literally die myself. <laughs> and not, not breaking their necks, not anything else. I mean, it's a rat. There are easy ways to kill it and <laughs> no push kidding. down on his little windpipe and wait. Like, I mean, that also counts as strangling. 
to do that. If we want to get into the okay, let's let's map out exactly <laughs> oh, how God. one could strangle a no. <laughs> and look at love myriad of ways. I would like to say that none of us have any practical experience I, in this, so we you are assuming probably... too much. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know my life. <laughs> you don't know what rats have done to my family. Goodbye. <laughs> how often has Dave been left in time? That's true. I have to, you know, have to occupy something. There's no Netflix in the forest. Only <laughs> strangling rat and chilling. That's and chilling. <laughs> nice. You want to come over and strangle some rats? Oh, man. We also find, lastly, our last storyline here is when they all kind of gather together. Uh, and uh, without Snarts and Seas with uh, Rory there in Kronos on his ship, they all had to net a parbat to get back Sarah. And, of course, much like... Uh, 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 everybody else has kind of gone native. Sarah's definitely gone way super native. Yep. Really embraced those leagues of assassin roots there. She feels like this is where she's most comfortable. She feels like she has a purpose here. And uh, she basically just kind of captures the, the the legends when they come up to try to rescue her. But it's not until Kronos comes back that, uh, well, first they do, they stage a little battle. She, Rick tries to trick him. Like, we'll do a battle. Right. It also makes sense that she would go back to them because she's doing that whole bloodlust thing. She kind of did. What, um, what's her name? Thea? Yeah. 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 Oh, Thea. and by the way, Ra's al Ghul has the line about, you know, with the training and the meditation and the herbs, we seem to have solved the bloodlust problem, and they just skate right past that. Yes. Yeah. That seems like a thing we might want to spend well, two or three seconds on. I well, feel like he has some of the magical herbs that Oliver had, or the magical uh, herbs that were used to keep Oliver. There's a lot of magical herbs in this series. And yeah. multiple different places. Yeah. To be fair, it's probably like a solid two years of that. So, you know. That's true, too. I get why they're not talking more about <laughs> it right then. I don't get why the show doesn't pause to acknowledge that we just, we apparently solved your big character crisis. Fair That's enough. true. Yeah. Admittedly, we've gotten quite a few character crises out of the way to make room for, Guys. but you were my friend and now you want to kill us all and we're going to go into the worst possible part of the timeline yeah. because we are a thousand percent out of options already despite having only found him in three different yeah. places. Yeah. Yeah. Three? But then, too, it's like like I was saying Comics. before, then it's like we get to this fight and we see exactly what I'm tuning into this show every week to see, yes. which is these powered people using their powers in conjunction with one another. And for a few minutes, I'm really, really happy because there is a lot, and I'm a huge nerd, fine, but there's Do so it. much joy in that for me, mm-hmm. and that keeps me hooked into it, you know what I mean? Like, that does yeah. to me justify my watching through some stuff that I'm going, what? Yeah, that, that, that's the payoff that I get because there is such a wonderful, happy, cool-looking... True, but then I also down. think, like, you're going to bring back Ra's al Ghul for an episode. Let's have him fight. Too. He doesn't yeah. just stand there. He does nothing. And that <laughs> was so frustrating. I loved the trial by combat, though, and that's, that's also what I'm talking about with setting up something previously. We'd set up their friendship previously, so it's like, no, you should fight Sarah. You can bring out her human side was a really, really good payoff for that. And then that whole scene was just beautiful. Yeah. Bird fight. Bird fight. <laughs> and but like to what yeah. to what you're saying, Frank, yeah. about about you have Razal Ghul back for an episode and he doesn't do very much. We're watching the episode and Dave, I believe it was you who his entrance. It's oh, not yeah. there's not really a build up, there's not a grand reveal of Razal Ghul. It's just he, like, just, hey. he just walks in. <laughs> hey it's me, remember me? <laughs> Hello? Hey, cool guys. There's no like whoa Hi, he's back. Yeah he literally he just walks in. Which he is okay. In. That's fine. That's that's a serviceable entrance I suppose right. but it's the head of the demon. And he walks in with a little girl that I assumed was 
was the the daughter we've met. Right. So then I was creeped out for a good like you know two minutes before they said her name. I was like, oh, she's just hanging out with her girlfriend as a kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but now it's the other one. Oh no, it's the other one. It's this cool. isn't the Phantom Menace. Yeah. But, but then, then, but then also before they leave, Sarah says the stuff to Ra's al Ghul about you know make sure that your daughter is off the coast of this island at this time and make sure she's specifically there and look for Oliver Queen. He'll be the guy full of bees and also you're probably going to want to name your daughter Nissa. I'm pretty sure this won't mess with the time you know at all. Gotta go. You know what? Here's the show Bible to Arrow. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just take a look over it? will be a little confused in the front but then you'll get rid of the grittiness after Flash is introduced. That'll be great. Ra's al Ghul looks up. What is a CW? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Flash for a second we do get one cool moment in this whole thing where we get Snart on the, on, uh, on the jump ship there and oh to God. get out of his restraints oh, yeah. He freezes his own hand and then breaks it off. Awesome. To get I out of there. he was going to try and freeze off the cuffs. I, this, this is not a development I was expecting. Another development yes. I was not expecting, the reveal of the Wave Rider's hand machine. Yes. And Stark says, <laughs> you, uh, why did you tell us this before? <laughs> it was, that was a moment where I was like, wow, they're doing something bold. They're changing a character. They're maybe going they're, out on a limb. Maybe. Oh, uh, stop it. But I wanted them to, like, maybe have, like, a gun hand. It'll be kind of cool. All right, cool. And then they immediately get rid of it. It's they kind of back up. And now, now what we know is like if you get a fracture in your in your hand, for example, or Cut like a fracture off. in your upper, you just chop your limb off and make a new one in five seconds. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I feel like Gideon is very good about like for some reason you can't save Kendra. She's got little shards of the nth metal in her. It's really hard to save her. Can't right. save their son. When he gets blasted by Kronos there, but they can grow back your hand. So it's varying scales of what Gideon can do. Gideon is fine, but if it's in you, God help me. Gideon is the time stream's biggest troll. (laughs) We gotta we gotta move to some news. Yeah, we definitely we got some some, uh, news. In the episode, we're we're heading off into the future, twenty one forty seven, everybody. So we're heading off into there, one of the most dangerous times. And we'll see Vandal Savage again. Yes, of course we do. So some news here. We got uh, Patrick J. Adams, who uh, stars on Suits. There is going to be playing the beloved DC character that's going to be revealed at the season finale. But we do know, while we don't know which character specifically, we do know he's not going to be Booster Gold. Yeah. Right. Aww. There is some innuendo in the article that uh, EW printed there that it could be the question, which it could be kind of cool. Which would be cool, but as we briefly talked about before we watched the episode tonight, I would much rather see Renee Montoya question. Yes. Mm, Vic Sage for me. Sorry, guys. Gotta go with the old school. He's too awesome. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. fair. All right. Uh, the other one, why speaking of Led, yes, uh, why not both? Why not? Why not? Why not? But as long as Vic comes first. All right, anyway. Wow! Okay. Wow! I'm fine with any question. I'm fine with a whole different question. It could be a dog question. No, that's what a dog rhetorical. question. No, there you go. Uh, uh, as long as they don't have a face. As we've been talking about the, uh, the uh, Legends of Tomorrow, of course, we break this down every single week here when the show is up and running. And episode 13, we're going to have Sarah Nicole Jones, one of the producers of the show and the writer of that particular episode. She's going to come in and join us here in the studio. We're going to be talking all about Legends of Tomorrow. We're going to put her on their hot seat. Hot seat. Hot seat. Ask her all those uh, probing questions that we've got. Yeah, yeah. like what? No, that, there you go. <laughs> this is the kind of questions that Lex will be Very asking. Probing. What? What's that? Very probing. Who? Not what, but when? When? <laughs> and lastly, after Buzz was at WonderCon last weekend, and they had a chance to interview some of the cast from Legends of Tomorrow, and we're going to play a little clip here of what Brandon Routh thinks is in store for the folks here at the, uh, at the for the tail end of season one of Legends of Tomorrow. Expect from the second half of this season. Um, a lot of big, exciting things. We've got a little bit of. Uh, Romance uh, coming in. We've got uh, characters changing quite a bit. Um, we've got some new and evolved powers that, that will uh, 
that we'll see um, later into the season. Um, and Vandal Savage wreaking more havoc on our team and really making a strong stake for world, world domination. Um, the future is at stake. Oh, look well, at that. Um, Two-part question. What that, look era at that. do so, you uh, most enjoy filming in? Mm-hmm. And then the second one would be, which era have you not shot in you'd most like to? Yeah, I, I actually liked the, the Western. Uh, Ooh, that's right. They've got the Western 17. show coming up. Ooh. No, it's 18. 1800. 18-something that we went to. Hmm. Uh, and that was quite a bit of fun, actually. I um, enjoyed getting in the my, my duster and my cowboy hat and all that kind of stuff. All right, cool. So well, you can set. check out the rest of these interviews here on uh, our AfterBuzz webpage. We're going to tweet out the link. We yep. can check out all the interviews that out. the AfterBuzz crew did with the cast of Legends of Tomorrow at WonderCon. So we saw Brandon do a couple uh, teases about what lays ahead. So that thinks is a nice segue into predictions. We'll try to get a little more specific in right. ours. Right. Yes. Light show. There you go. So, Katie Brennan was a little vague about what's in store for us there, but what kind of specific predictions do you have? Well, obviously going to 2147 to potentially kill baby Hitler, we're not sure what exactly that preview meant. Future Hitler. Isn't going to work. I mean, obviously their last resort is not going to pan out because it is way the heck too early in the season for that. Um, I'd love to see the Western, though. I am down. I predict that someone will wind up in a Stetson. I don't care who. (laughs) It's going to be great. I'm excited about uh, I'm excited about the Western stuff. I think it'll be fun because we're going to get Jonah Hex there. Yep. Yes. That's right. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm also excited. Like I, they keep teasing Legions of Superhero throughout. There was like a flash of it in the Flash, and during the um, during the Supergirl Flash crossover, they linger on a Legion ring in the Fortress of Solitude. That could mean that the Legion of Superheroes is going to appear in Supergirl. But I also think it could make an appearance in the Arrowverse, and I actually think Legends of Tomorrow would be the perfect place for it, because they're all from the future, Mm. there's time travel involved, and it's an ensemble cast of superheroes. So it would be perfect to make an appearance here. So I'm going to... It could be the question at the end, or it could be maybe he's playing Brainiac or a member of... A Lightning Lad? Yeah, Lightning Lad, someone from the Legion of Superheroes. You know, it would be cool, because in the in the comics, Superboy is the inspiration for the Legion of Superheroes, but what right. if the Legends of Tomorrow were the inspiration for the Legions of Superheroes? That might be a good way to do it. Question, does the news piece say that he's playing a beloved DC hero or beloved character? Uh, a character. Okay, so that could go either way. So he could, could be, a could be a, a, a Brainiac or something to that effect. I well, feel Brainiac's like Brainiac's good in Legion of Superheroes. Sure, but I do think the movies are going to try and use Brainiac, and so that right. means maybe we don't know where the usage of that's going to go. I, I bet yeah. if the movies use him, Brainiac will be very And even angry. in Supergirl, they kept calling her Indigo. The Brainiac of Supergirl right. was like Indigo because they were trying to separate we're in weird brainiacs. copyright limbo when it comes yeah. to movies, aren't we? <laughs> Slightly. But yeah, but we're going to get Jonah Hex, which is awesome. We're going to get, I know, I watched the, uh, the the promo for the second half of the season. And you see a lot of cool little bits and pieces, but uh, I believe, you know, Brandon Ralph made a reference to expanded powers. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we see glimpses of Ray getting very large in the Ooh. suit. Yes. Which is exciting, because at that point you can just, like, uh, have... Hot girl on your foot and like step on Vandal Savage and have her with the knife. Ah, there you sure, go. Yes, um, and maybe yeah, that'll be the season finale. It's like we we stepped on him and we got rid of Hot Girl. Oh well, goodbye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, 
I feel like I, they, for them to continuously go into the future, I always feel like is diminishing returns. I feel like you to stop Vandal Savage, you need to just keep going backwards, right? Because then you're always meeting him, and he doesn't know who you are. Mm-hmm. Because keep going into the future, he's always going to know who you guys are all the yep. time. So Very true. I don't know why you just don't keep going backwards in time. But then again, I am not in the writers' room. That's going to be one of my questions. I'll be asking Sarah Nicole Jones when she's here for episode thirteen. Well, the further Great. back you go, the bigger the ripples that you cause are. True. But if you're just trying to kill Vandal Savage. I don't Some know. pretty big ripples. Yeah, but we'll find out. I guess we so. Will. Future episode. We'll That's right. Us. We'll be back here next week to break down episode ten of Legends of Tomorrow. In the meantime, Katie, where can they find you? They continue uh, the conversation. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Kia J. That's K I A X E T. I'm also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. And uh, Transformers: Robots in Disguise is back on Sundays. Blind Spot is Tuesdays, and Arrow is Wednesdays. You can find me everywhere at, at MRDaveChild and DaveChild.com. Remember to go on iTunes and like us. Like this show. Like this show and review it and put a lot of five stars on there. A lot of five stars. A lot. Put at least 70 stars. At least 70. At least 70. I'm Lex Michael all over social media at... The Lex Michael. And look, here's Frank. <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. Yes, as Dave said, like us on Facebook, rate us on iTunes, give us those blinking five stars that'll give you a seizure because they're strobing so quickly. We'll see you next time uh, here on Legends of Tomorrow After Show here on After Buzz TV. Bye, guys. Woo! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.